Welcome back, Literary Slummers, to another episode of Shelf Aware, the podcast where we are reading books outside of our comfort zones. I'm Anna. And I'm Em. This week on Shelf Aware, we are reading the second book in my current unit. Um, I, I say my unit, but honestly, it's just kind of become like a thing that we have to do horror in Our October. unit. <laughs> um, so this year we're doing YA horror, and we've done like the second unit thing of talking about the history of horror before and mm-hmm. also we've talked about the history of YA so I guess just kind of like to lead us off here um now that we've read kind of two YA horror books mm-hmm. what what do we feel like is YA horror right like yeah what what makes it different from adult horror it's got teens it's got teens in it <laughs> for sure for um, sure it has teens. Yeah, I've, I've found with the two that we've read so far, mm-hmm. at least, it kind of like, it it deals with the the paranormal or, because we also read that um, Stephanie Perkins book way back, way yeah. back when, like years way back, ago. Way back. Way back in the catalog. Um, I think we were still hate read back then. Yes. Where, I, I guess it like, you, we don't really talk a lot about, um the like horror isn't really a metaphor for anything in YA it's like this Mm. is just scary this is just kind of meant to scare you there's no like deeper meaning to it there's no like allegory really it's just like there's a ghost maybe (laughs) or there's a killer I guess I guess yeah (laughs) wouldn't that be spooky (laughs) wouldn't it be scary if you and all your friends just started dying Yeah, yeah I think I agree that like we've talked about how YA can be like deep and important yeah. and whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And it's so far really not with YA horror. Mm-hmm. It really kind of does, I mean, even Thirsty, which was trying to do stuff, but, yeah, but ultimately failed. I we're think. not really sure what it was doing. Yeah, because we don't know what it was doing. <laughs> <laughs> even with that, like, that was more horror comedy as well. Mm-hmm. And it it does seem like, especially because I've been getting more into like horror reading in general over the last few years, and it does feel a lot more surface level in YA. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, too, you can kind of see it. And maybe I don't, you know, I might be speaking out of turn because I don't really watch a lot of horror, but like mm-hmm. the, the horror movies that are more geared towards a younger audience, like I'm thinking primarily of primarily of like the scream movies or uh I don't know kind of just just the ones that are like there for the shock value as opposed Mm -hmm. to it being this sort of like uh I don't know just like a a speculative fiction outlet for something that's happening in real world you know yeah which I mean I it feels bad because like you said we do kind of like to say like you know there is weight to YA YA has meaning like younger readers aren't stupid, you know, but mm-hmm. maybe it's just the examples we're picking. Right. Know? Maybe. I mean, both of them are a bit dated at this point, especially this one, which was written in the 80s. This right? one is as old as I am. So 89. I'm dated. Uh- I'm dated, guys. <laughs> for a book. I know. No, book, I know. It's a bit older. So market trends have changed. Absolutely. Um, and it definitely reads like pre- Pre-YA, I mean, I hate to say pre, pre-Harry Potter, but that was yeah. the big thing where people realized that YA could be longer, where it is very, like, 
you know, I got 148 pages to get through this. Let's go. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Very short. And definitely more plot driven than anything else, um, which I don't really prefer in my horror necessarily. Uh-huh. I mean, like horror kind of has to have a plot, but uh, I have talked before about how I like horror movies for the aesthetic. So mm-hmm. like books have to kind of bring that sort of writing that sort of um, vibe yeah. for it to work for me for horror. I I didn't find this scary even yeah. a little bit. I, uh, I was like kind of um kind of comparing this a little maybe a little bit too much unfairly so to the twisted ones because it was kind of the same vibe mm. like scary mm-hmm. house in the woods isolated small town you know like it's just yes. there was like this the small town um uh like lore I guess <laughs> like you know that mm-hmm. everyone knows the urban legends and stuff but not really urban because it's small town but um and um I, it, yeah, like the the difference in both like the writing and the way that the spookiness is is brought into it. It was just so very different. And I don't know. And again, this one this one is very dated. Um, the the main character is so insufferable, and you don't care about her at all in the way that we really cared about the characters in the twisted ones. And mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I also felt like this suffered very much from. Um, the thing that a lot of YA used to suffer from and can still suffer from in, in inexperienced hands, which is the author not updating teen culture and lexicon mm. to match the time that they're writing for mm-hmm. and assuming that it is the same as when they were a teenager, right? Because this was written in the 80s, but it felt like 60s you know it did yeah. not feel like it was even in the 80s yeah um it there was not and a I, single I don't, cigarette no and <laughs> everyone was speaking very formally and yeah. stiltedly and properly and it didn't it didn't read very 80s to me at all which I think that was a thing that maybe I was looking forward to was sort of the you know stranger things nostalgia of mm-hmm. oh isn't the 80s a fun time but it didn't feel it, it felt dated in its writing, but not in its content. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Um, yeah. I think there's there. I think the author could have like, maybe, maybe this wasn't said what this book is. <gasps> we haven't. <laughs> this is, um, <laughs> trick or treat by Richie Tankersley Cusick. It's the book that we're talking about. I mean, you, you all knew the episode. From, yeah, this. clicked on this, you know, but <laughs> should still say at some point. My bad. Yeah, sorry about that trick or treat. Um, happy Halloween, also. Happy by Halloween. the way, you guys. Uh, <laughs> so scary. Absolutely. Uh, how haunted of us to do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But yeah, I just overall, like, I feel like the author, I, there might be a better book to read from this author's whole bibliography that might be a little bit more, um, representative of them. But this just, this, there were parts, this was just like a kind of a throwaway to me. Like I wrote it because I, this is what I write and I have to fulfill the quota, you know, just, it wasn't, um, I don't know. It felt mass market. (laughs) I agree. And I think yeah. that from what I've read of reviews, there are other books of Q6, Tankersley Q6, mm-hmm. that are better received. I don't think this is one that has a particularly strong uh, following at mm. this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but even, you know, I feel like even if this was 
more, I still wouldn't like it. I don't think. Mm. I think it just, there was too much going against it. It was not scary and it didn't have any like emotional depth and it had yeah. some weird vibes which i'm sure we'll it get had, into oh my god so disturbing and multiple mm-hmm. multiple instances multiple, of that multiple vibes yes. yeah but i was like what's happening <laughs> we don't know who's supposed to love who and how much it's and it was a I lot i'm afraid of because i did read in a review i couldn't find like where anywhere that corroborated this but i read in a review someone mentioned that this ends kind of abruptly and at one point it was there was a planned sequel Uh, i haven't been able to find anything that corroborates that there was a planned sequel but uh it would make a lot of sense it definitely Um, would because i i don't think the love interest that we end up with is the end game love interest and that concerns me yeah um (laughs) it's it definitely had like uh clueless or mm-hmm. you drive me crazy or um game of thrones or game of thrones <laughs> house of dragons uh-huh or um what's the other one that's, that's... flowers in the attic oh uh flowers <laughs> in the attic or um life with Derek. yeah do you guys see where we're going with this do you guys get the, the common thread see? here uh just like really weird things that i don't think you would say to a step sibling you've just or met. think about, or a, think step about a step sibling. IDK. IDK. Um, <laughs> <laughs> is there anyone we would recommend this book for? I guess is the next question. Mm, I think there's definitely an audience for th- this specific kind of YA horror. I think mm. there's a lot of people, maybe our age or like Gen X, maybe that would read it for nostalgia purposes. But I, I don't think there's. I don't think anyone will. I could recommend this and be like, you need to read this because you'll love it. I think it's more like, hey, if you want to read something from the time, like, mm-hmm. here's here's an artifact. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of how I feel about it, too. Like, I'm like, if you are interested in this from an academic perspective, mm-hmm. you know, like our podcast, very academic. So academic. Uh, <laughs> but if you're interested in this as like a, hey, what was, what was YA lit like at this time? I, yeah. you know, this has a lot of the hallmarks of. Yeah. The time period. Or if you're like um, on a big R.L. Stein, yeah. Lois Duncan kick or something, like, yeah, check it out. It's along the same lines. And it's short, so. It's so short, yeah. <laughs> Thank God. Uh, awesome. Well, what what else have you been reading? Tell us about your other ventures well, into horror. Speaking of short. Yes, love it. I uh, read this week the book Dwellers by eliza victoria mm, which was already sounds um, spooky yeah and it's the the winner of the philippine national book award apparently. oh so, my goodness yes. wow how um, nice of you to honor me in this way yes you're welcome <laughs> <laughs> but it is about okay so it's a novella and it's about which is why it's short um perfect it's about these two like boys young men from this family of some sort of magic users. It's not really like super specified exactly what the deal is. They get into it a little bit later on. Don't want to spoil too much. But basically they, for a reason unknown at the beginning of the book, have taken over the bodies of two other people, thus dwellers, because they're dwelling in them, right? Um, But then they find out that these people 
people may or may not have a dead body in their basement. So then they get drawn into this whole, like, they're involved in this murder that they didn't commit but did commit. And, like, people are, like, trying to figure out the murder and they're trying to figure out the murder. It's wild. (laughs) It It was low levels of spooky but, like, so interesting and the, like, the sort of the vibes, the the um more aesthetic sort of uh thematic sort of thing that I was really missing in this book, I think worked really well in Dwellers. Um, there is a little bit of internalized fat phobia from one of the characters mm-hmm. and um internalized ableism from the main character because uh, after the events of this, he is uh, a wheelchair user. So mm-hmm. there's kind of some stuff to unpack there i think it works well with what is being said but i also could see kind of like an argument against the use of ableism um so Mm -hmm. i just i do want to throw that out there as like a hey you know be aware but uh, i definitely think it's worth it and it's another quick read so you know if you're looking something spooky this halloween uh recommend that one how about you um i have not been able to make it through a whole book or even like a few chapters of a book recently i've read a little bit of a lot which is Mm. kind of just my whole big problem this year as i read a little bit of a lot of it (laughs) a little bit of a lot and not ever finish anything um the one book i think that i am gonna continue on it's like the first in a cozy mystery series Uh, because of course I always go back to cozy mysteries when I can't read anything else, but it was like written in 1979. And so there's a lot like right up front. I'm like, this is, this is not aged well. And Mm. so I'm kind of like hesitant to even, I'm not going to recommend it, but I'm just like, I don't know if I'm going to continue because if it gets worse, I definitely don't want to, but if it kind of phases out and becomes more like, here's a mystery to solve, then we'll see. Uh, I don't know. It's doing one of those things where like, I'm a woman who's living in the 1880s. And so this is what I think about other women and how dumb they are for caring about these types of things. Oh, and also like, like other girls. yes. And also I'm ugly and kind of fat. So like whatever, but you know, very like down on herself about it. I don't know. So we'll see. We'll see if I continue. Um, but I've been playing a lot of um, Potion Permit. <laughs> I just downloaded that one because that's the next one I'm going to yes, get into. It's now so that cute I've... and happy. Yeah. Not I've, spooky I've been playing Coral Island, which is not particularly spooky either. But mm. I don't know. It seems like a good time of year for, for farm sims. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like harvest season. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> and then I also, I also started playing the Dead Space games because I was like, I do want to do something kind of like for, for mm. the season. So I'd never played them before. Um, and, you know, for a game that came out a long, long time ago, it still, still gets me. Jump scares. Mm. I don't know. Anyway. That's me. Ooh, I also, uh, speaking of spooky things, yeah, yeah, uh, I did go see Nope in theaters. Oh, was it good? Recently, um, yes, I also recommend that. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I don't feel like anyone needs to recommend Jordan Peele horror movies because, like, duh. duh. But also, it was good. Okay, <laughs> I might check it out if I can work up the courage. It wasn't. There was only a little bit of like jump scariness. Okay. Um. Like I could handle Most, Get Out. That was that was more of like a thriller. Yeah, I think it was it was around those levels of jump okay. scare. Like yeah. Us, I was like, I know I can't watch that. The trailer creeped me out. It made it. So I, I love I, Us. It it's probably so super good. I just I know how I will feel during watching it. <laughs> it won't be nice. So, <laughs> um, anyway, 
know your limits no yeah exactly <laughs> uh okay let's talk about trick-or-treat the reason let's we're all it. here today um awesome we have our main character martha who is a junior in high school uh, her mom passed away a couple of years ago and her dad has remarried his new wife's name is sally and she has a son who is a year older than martha named connor Martha thinks Connor is weird because he always has like a certain look on his face. I I don't know. I could not tell why. She was like, he always looks like he's either going to laugh at me or be disgusted by me. And I was like, okay, well, he's like a teenage boy who's forced to live with you now. So I don't know. It didn't seem like a big deal. She hated Connor immediately for no reason. <laughs> she hated Connor immediately to create sexual tension. And it was, it was uncomfortable. so fucking weird. This was it like was the weirdest enemies to lovers, but only siblings. And it's like, okay, I am not a fan of any sort of sibling. Yeah. <laughs> but I do get that, like, the argument of, well, they're step-siblings and they met when they're, you know, they 16, were older. 17. Yeah. It's not like they grew up together. They don't have that power dynamic. It's yeah. still weird to me, but I will. I've read romance with adult step-siblings before, and I'm like, I can let this slide. Um it was just there was so much and it wasn't addressed. No, so I was not like, at all. You either need to, you're making it this weird thing. It it was very Life with Derek, right? I'm sorry <laughs> I keep bringing up Life with Derek. But did, did you ever it's watch a, Life with Derek? No, I did not. Okay, it's a Canadian show that was on Disney Channel. And the step-siblings on that show had like Folgers coffee commercial levels of... of no. Uh, yes. Of being like into each other, but it was never addressed, right? Ooh, let me see if I. No, I don't recognize any of these things. Okay, interesting. And that's the vibe here too, where Yikes. it's like if you put they and they keep. Here's the tell, right? She keeps saying stepbrother, right? Anytime anybody's like, yeah. "Oh, your brother," she's like, "Step, my stepbrother," <laughs> which is literally a thing that I believe happens in Clueless too. Yeah, yeah. As a signal that. That she is horny for him. Yeah. Of like, I don't want to think of him as a brother because I'm horny for him. <laughs> I need right? to be removed a little bit. Yes. Though, it's, you know, he is Paul Rudd. So like. I mean, you know, who can blame her? Who can honestly. blame her? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> There's also the fact that Connor is like. Connor acts like a grizzled 55-year-old detective, right? Yes, like, he absolutely. He does not act like a 17-year-old even a little bit. Yeah, and he's like I... the, cop, the cop that has a new rookie, uh, and yes. the rookie is Martha, and she's very annoying and suspicious of him. <laughs> There's this part very early on in the book I highlighted. Um, they So they, they're moving into this house together. I am very mm -hmm. confused about what the thought process was with this move. This was because... an absolutely bizarre turn of events for a, for a parent who his, who's – first spouse has died uh -huh. to just do this to their teenage daughter but whatever i can i can see the argument of um he makes towards martha of like we couldn't stay in the house where like all your mother's stuff was because that would be too much for the new wife and i didn't want to move into her yeah. house with like her ex's reminders and whatever i'm like okay i guess that's fair like i would phrase it less in a like I didn't want to be reminded of your ex sort yeah. of thing. And more in a like, I want to I want start a fresh, start. It, a fresh yeah. start. And also like, I don't want, it's not fair for one of us to have to move and not the other one. Right? Yeah. Yeah. 
But why would you move to a completely different town? Why? <laughs> that it is an excellent question. It doesn't make sense. Connor's in the middle of his senior year of high school, and they're just like, we're moving. And they don't like – they don't tell the kids about it is the thing. Is no. Martha wakes up one morning and her dad says, get in the car. We're moving. So what What did – because <laughs> I'm trying to pin down the timeline of this. So they got married at yeah. some point and then were just living separately for like a while, know. I guess, until they made the arrangements to move. Like That's an excellent what? question. Or they had planned this for a long time and didn't tell either of the kids. And didn't tell the kids even a little bit. You know bit. what will be really great after this big life change of them getting a new set of parents after their other Another big life yeah, change. Yeah, another huge surprise life change where we move across the country to a small town when we're all from Chicago. <laughs> Ridiculous. What? But so – Back to the original highlight. Um, they're, they're Connor and Martha are talking about, you know, her moving into the house. And um, Martha's being a little annoyed about the whole situation mm-hmm. and says, well, Connor vaulted over, I guess because she was trying to please your father. Martha looked daggers at him. Dad was pleased in Chicago. This time, Connor turned around, leveling the stare, a stare straight at her. You're really having a problem with their happiness, aren't you? Like, what? Bro, her mom died two years ago. I, what? Don't you tell me what I feel? He nodded. Okay, then. Here's the scenario. Two lonely people find each other and have a brand new chance at life. Enter one spoiled brat who, like, what 17-year-old talks like that? None. (laughs) Yeah. This is Don't tell me what I feel. Don't tell okay, me what Martha. I feel. Yeah, her name is Martha, first of all. Uh <laughs> This is how this is how Martha describes Connor. Like this is our first introduction mm-hmm. to Connor, and I'm going to read it the way that I think it was it's intended written. to be yeah. read. Yeah. There was just something about Connor, that weird something she couldn't quite pinpoint, and yet it was there, so real, and just beyond figuring out that it made her crazy. The square jaw and the way his mouth was always set. (laughs) The deep-set eyes, so cool and steady and piercingly blue. He was tall and slender. His shoulders were broad, and tonight he was wearing jeans and a bulky sweater, those strong shoulders hunched against the chilly night air. His hair was thick and always looked windblown, burnished gold and tousled across his shoulders. Martha took him in with a sudden sinking revelation my stepbrother oh like, god <laughs> he's my stepbrother now <laughs> she's so, she's so horny, horny for him boy. why did that description go on for so long in that way why, why is she so horny for her stepbrother Here's oh. like it could have been like I didn't know what all the girls saw in Connor. Like, sure, he was tall with broad shoulders and long blonde hair, but to me, he was a stinky pile of crap. Like, it could have been phrased that way, right? Like, why is she so yeah. admiring of him while pretending to hate him so much? <laughs> I'm trying to find. Okay, so I think I highlighted. Uh, yes, this is the the similar introduction to her canonical love interest, yes. right? Yes. She hadn't heard anyone walk up, but the boy was right behind her, his body rigid, his dark eyes wide, an expression of pure shock locking his handsome features in place. That's it. That's it. What does Blake look like? 
Martha doesn't no care. No idea. Handsome. <laughs> Handsome, that's now, it. Now, we do get, like, a description of Blake later via the description of his cousin. Yes. Who is also described very lovingly and yes. is also not a love interest. So weird. So weird. They're also... <laughs> Well, we'll get there when we get there. I'll talk about that. Because there's another, like, very weird incestuous thing going on yeah. with the cousins. I'm just like, I Yeah, can't. all of them. All of them. So, yeah. So, so Sally, and, Sally and Dad, who doesn't have a name in this book, they buy this house in the middle of a town called Bedford. The house is called the Bedford House. Everything in this town is Bedford. But the house is scary. And it's in the woods near a very small town. Very isolated. And at the house, when she first gets to her room, she picks up these bad vibes. She's like, it's real cold in here. Uh, some other stuff happens, like, where she thinks she closed the closet door, but when she comes back, it's open or vice versa. I don't know. Um, and uh, she just hates it. She hates it so much. She's like, I don't know how dad could do this to me. This is fucking bullshit. Um, Which she is correct for that. Yeah, absolutely. But they settle in. Um, and that night, that first night, the phone rings and Martha goes to answer it and she hears like some heavy breathing and then a voice says look outside trick or treat she looks out the window and there is a body hanging from a tree with a knife through its head she screams of course uh and Connor comes rushing in her hero to the rescue and he's like that's just a scarecrow and she's like was it IDK didn't seem like one uh he tries to comfort her but she's like you're just making fun of me um, and you know he does he does like a little bit because he's a teenage boy, but like and he, he and she's annoying and she's annoying as hell. But he does begin to like take her seriously, but she just doesn't notice because she's really fucking annoying and quick to jump to conclusions about everybody. I hated Martha so much. She wasn't good. She was not. She was not enjoyable. Good. She was not a, a, a super nice person at all. <laughs> Even though everyone Connor? was like, "You're so nice." No, she's not. No, she's just there. <laughs> y'all are confusing the two things again yeah and should i make my my friend relive this traumatic story over and over and over again and make her come to my house where the thing happened yes yeah i am and i'm gonna traumatize her make her cry about it several days in a row (laughs) this is not a nice person i also feel like martha just didn't and maybe this was because i was skimming i don't know but (laughs) i felt like martha didn't really have any goals right like she wasn't really a person no she was just just scared someone yes someone who was (laughs) dropped into the situation and that's really all we knew about her truly was like Like we get this how she was reacting to this she was a good student so smart and won a lot of writing awards she doesn't write at all in this book there's no writing all her she like is failing in school so i don't know like we hear all this stuff about her hearsay and then there's a whole big speech that connor has later in the book about like here are all the things i know about you it's because i love you and i've been paying really close attention to you because i'm in love with you sort of sort of speech yeah she's like you don't even know me he's like your favorite author is emily dickinson you like mexican food your favorite tv show and he just like goes on and on and on i i feel that connor could have gone two ways with the way he's being presented, which is either he was the killer the whole time. Spoiler, mm-hmm. he's not. He's not. Or they're in love, which apparently, spoiler, they're not. And yeah. since neither of those things happen, it's just like this really weird vibe that never gets addressed. No, not. Unless someone who reads a lot of like like grumpy sunshine where the grumpy mm-hmm. is the one that's more in love sort of situation yes. uh-huh, i'm like yeah. he's he's loved her since he saw her 
that's yeah. that's the whole vibe that Connor that's gives. Yeah, like this and is a romance novel. He's making weird faces because he can't express his love for her. Yeah, he's trying not to smile at all the cute things she does. I truly don't know how much of this is me being poisoned by other media. No, it is so. I think it's so blatant. Like, we both came to this conclusion independently. (laughs) And I refuse to believe that we are. We wouldn't see incest where we don't want it to be. I don't. I would hope. I would but hope. It's just really Who strong. Who can say? We've been on the internet a long time. Who can say? And I mean, maybe it was a different time, and in the eighties, you could do things. You could like love your stepbrother like this, sister's interests, and not be in love with yeah. her. So the next day, Connor and Martha head into town for picture hooks, and they head to the hardware store where Martha meets Blake Chambers, her love interest, and his cousin, Wynn Chambers, her future BFF. Blake flirts with Martha and has a weird reaction when she tells him where they live. Um, Connor gets jealous. It's weird vibes. Like, he comes up and he's like, hey. We're looking for picture hooks. Yeah, look, focus, Martha. We're looking for picture hooks. He's not your not type anyway. Dick. <laughs> I'm Connor. And even where Blake's like, is that your boyfriend? (laughs) And then she doesn't correct him immediately, I think. She, like, leaves it until later. And then she's like, oh, no, that was my stepbrother. Step, 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 brother. Step, brother. Of only two minutes. Yeah. I've only known him a little while. We could fuck and it would only be a little weird. (laughs) (laughs) But maybe not totally illegal. IDK. Uh, when they get home, Martha takes a walk around the house and hears crying in the woods, and she gets a spooky feeling and runs away. There's a lot of weird stuff happening to Martha about this house. Stresses her out. This is a very fun for me, this recap, I have to say, because usually with the recaps, I'm like just kind of thinking about, okay, what's the next funny thing that happens? But right now, I'm just knowing the end of this book and how it ends mm-hmm. and like who who is involved and whatnot i'm just picturing them doing all of this stuff and it's quite funny absolutely like <laughs> this person has to be able to move so fucking so fast. quickly they are like sonic the hedgehog <laughs> which is they could be because they're so tall they're so they're tall so tall this they got them long legs defining features absolutely the only one you could yeah. say <laughs> uh and then sorry a lot of the summary is like and then the next day because that's how this book was written Uh so the next day martha's dad and connor's mom head to hawaii for a magazine assignment so martha's dad is a journalist and connor's mom accompany accompanies him to hollywood because they're like it's our honeymoon and they just leave the two kids alone for an undetermined amount of days they're like we'll be back when we're back the meanest thing you could possibly we move do into this house that needs a lot of diy like <laughs> and then immediately leave and then, uh, two two days later they're like we gotta two go days. across the fucking world if why there's an emergency the, i don't care why in the world would they not have taken their honeymoon before moving so that the kids could stay Excellent in their question. The author just really needed there to be no adults in this situation. And this was like the one of the flimsiest. The fastest way to yes. get them out of here. She's like, well, I don't know. I guess Sally could go with him, but I don't know why. Oh, fuck. They just got married. Honeymoon. They got married at some point yeah. and then didn't live together for some amount of time and yeah. didn't take a honeymoon before this. Imagine imagine you're a parent. You leave your two teenage kids alone at home for, say, like two, two and a half weeks. I don't know. 
um, how long honeymoons were back then. You come back. Your daughter has a broken arm. Your son's got the <laughs> flu. And they're like, and the police, there's and a heavy police presence. Yeah, sexual, sexual tension, tension could be cut with a knife. And a heavy police presence around their home. <laughs> there's, there's a forensics team out in the mausoleum. What, what is happening? What did you two fucking do? IDK shouldn't have left so soon. Um, so, but they leave the two kids alone for an undetermined amount of days. Martha takes this very personally. She's like, I don't, I don't know why they are torturing me like this. <laughs> very teenage girl. Like it's all about me, this whole situation, which, you know, fair. She's a teenage girl. This is huge. I, I also do feel that I wouldn't phrase it as they're doing this to me, but they're yeah. certainly doing it with they're no regard to you. They're not thinking about me. Yeah, but she, she's like, they are purposefully making me miserable by taking this <laughs> vacation. I bet there's not even an assignment. I bet they just I wanted to Hawaii's go. I bet Hawaii's not real. I bet Hawaii's not even real. Uh, it is. I also like speaking maybe... of the dad and his work, how this book opens with the dad like ruminating on writing an article about ghosts. <laughs> Yes. He's like, I love how spooky this house is. Yeah. Who's he writing for? Uh, This is just my my weekly ghost column for the New York Times. Sometimes I write about ghosts. Sometimes I write about Hawaii. Sometimes I write about ghosts in Hawaii. I don't know. Because like everyone, they're like, wow, your dad is really well known, even though he has no name in this novel at all. Um, Like maybe he's a travel writer or something. I don't know. He travels to ghosts. He travels to These are where ghosts live. Let me tell you about the things they can't eat or wear or do because they are ghosts. <laughs> uh, first day at new school. Martha is introduced to her advisor slash creative writing teacher. His name is Greg Chambers. He's so dreamy and tall. He's Blake and Wynn's cousin. And presumably these are the only other three people that live in town. Yes, literally we don't know other characters. Anyone else? So that's it for there characters. There are five characters in this book. Well, there were seven, but they fucked there's off seven. real quick. Yeah, yeah. And there's five characters in this book. Five characters alive that we know of. That we know of. No mention um, of any other teachers. Oh like... wait, no. There'd be nine total because there's two that go to Hawaii and uh-huh. two that are like no oh, that are mentioned, but yeah, not, yeah, 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 yeah. Not like in the book necessarily, yeah. or are they? <laughs> They're named. Yeah. Uh, she makes friendly with Wynn at school. She learns that all the girls in school have a crush on Connor, including Wynn. And Martha knows why, but she's playing dumb. Like, ew, why do people even like him? Why do people like my hot, broad-shouldered, square-chopped stepbrother? Like my classically handsome stepbrother? Why would anyone be into that? He's a genius, but like, My beautifully tossled hair, golden Golden-haired, golden, golden blue-eyed boy who can cook and knows how to put shutters on a house. Like he can do it all. This Connor, <laughs> my delicious sexual stepbrother. But, but he's my stepbrother. Like he's ew, my stepbrother. don't be gross. <laughs> you can't like him. He's a step. He's a stepbrother. <laughs> that makes him off limits to all women. Martha is like, like being a monk. <laughs> pretty much. That is. <laughs> That is what happens when you choose the mantle of stepbrother. <laughs> Martha invites Wynn to go back to their house to hang out, as girls are wont to do, but Wynn gets all weird and turns her down. And she's like, don't you know your house is real fucking creepy? And Martha's like, what are you talking about? She's like, there was a murder there, and that old Bedford place is evil. Cool. Martha mm-hmm. relays this information to Connor, who he, like, asks a bunch of follow-up questions, and she's like, I don't know, Connor. That's all Wynn told me. God. <laughs> 
Uh, and then they get home and she sees she sees Connor go out into the woods, which she thinks is weird. So she follows him and the two of them end up at this old cemetery that's on their property. Connor's got this weird feeling that later on in the book, he says it felt like something led him there. But he's like being real weird and kind of like not paying much attention to Martha. And when they get there, he's like, it's gone now. And is very mysterious about what is gone. But so they find this old mausoleum. And they're like, huh, this is weird and spooky. Let's go back inside. Having read the end of the book, this part still doesn't make sense. Yeah. Why, Why add Connor this there? maybe paranormal element? When, yeah. Yeah. Which I think this is like, this is a very 70s, 80s YA horror thing mm-hmm. of like, mm, maybe it's a ghost. And I think we can chalk it up to too much Scooby-Doo, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. just that, that TV show just ruined a generation when it comes to paranormal activity. <laughs> It was just old man Jenkins. Mm-hmm. They they paid for their crimes in kind of like our use by having like that one zombie one and mm. the one where like I think there's a couple where like there is legitimate paranormal stuff. Yeah, but for the most part, yeah. it's just it's all men in yeah, masks. The the scariest monster of all is old man Jenkins in a mask. Old man Jenkins. Um. So. Yeah. Where was I in my notes? Um, oh, so that night, that night, Martha wakes up in the middle of the night and she sees her closet door begin to close by itself. Um, and she's real freaked out. She sits up in bed and she's about to do something about it. But then Connor rushes into her room saying, I can smell smoke. You need to get out of this house right now. And he goes in because he's super hunky hero Connor who goes into the burning house and saves the day by unburning the house. He, he puts the fire out, as some would say. Um no, I'm pretty sure it's unburned. And he unburned the house. Mm-hmm. Um, the fire was started by a dish towel left on the stove while the burner was on. But it's weird because Connor distinctly remembers turning off the stove and putting the dish towel away. He like double, triple checked because he's super safe, smart Connor. But Martha's like, no, Connor, you fucking idiot. You did this. You set the house on fire on accident. You're so dumb and handsome. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, though, like... <laughs> Connor's reaction to this, this is he's typical so privilege. blase. He's just like, <laughs> no, I mean, like the fact that he's like, no, I distinctly remember putting yeah. the dish towel away and turning the oven off. Could never be me. I could burn <laughs> down my entire apartment. You know, someone could come into my apartment, burn it down with like gasoline and like a, a uh-huh. fucking butane <laughs> torch. Did I? Do and that? I would be like, I guess I spilled that gasoline yeah, everywhere. I how don't weird. remember doing it. So but... weird of me. I did think it was so weird how he was just like, she was like, we need to call the fire department. And he's like, nah, it's fine. Nah. Nah. Because they were trying to set Connor up to be a red herring. Yeah. But it's he's too sexy for that. He's too sexy. And Martha hates him too much. You know it's yeah. not going to be There's him. There's no way. There's no way. If Martha thinks it's him, she's the dumbest person I've ever read about almost. Mm-hmm. It's definitely not him. <laughs> um but connor like doesn't really do anything he's just like he's just like go to bed martha it's fine we'll deal with we'll deal with whatever later but they never like i don't know tap they're they're never like now the kitchen is ruined everything is just i don't know it's fine the fire burned it yeah i i had forgotten that this even happened by the time i had gone back to write my notes i was like oh yeah (laughs) the house was on fire i only remembered it at the end of the book because because of the mention of yeah they bring up the fire stuff because yeah. there's other fire shenanigans fire the next day at school blake and martha have lunch together and martha's like mm. what the fuck is up with my house blake uh he's like well there was Let a murder the exposition there dump for yes me. let's go out to the bleachers so i can just dump some lore there was a murder there last year 
a girl named Elizabeth Bedford of the Bedford family. She had a boyfriend named Dennis. Um, Dennis and Elizabeth. Dennis. His name is Dennis the Menace. Dennis the Menace and Elizabeth <laughs> used to date. But when she broke up with him, he decided he was going to make her life miserable. Like he would stalk her. He would leave her creepy phone calls. He even set the house on fire once. Um, according to Blake, he was just a really sore loser, uh, wanted to always had to win. And he was only good at pretending he was good. Like he was one of those, like, just like textbook abuser, you know, just, mm. it but was, his name was Dennis, but his name so was like, Dennis the menace. How serious can we take this? <laughs> uh, so Blake, I'm sorry to any Dennis, sorry to there. the Denai out there. You should change your name. <laughs> Maybe go by Denny. Yeah, that's better, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Dennis ended up killing Elizabeth on Halloween night last year, almost exactly a year ago, because Halloween is coming up again real soon. That's the title of the book, Trick or Treat. Mm. Um, and um, sorry, Dennis. Oh, sorry. So Dennis killed Elizabeth on Halloween night. It was um, they were at a Halloween dance at school. Blake uh, was there with Elizabeth and Dennis. And Elizabeth left the dance with Dennis. So Blake and Wynn, his cousin, went to the house to look for Elizabeth and make sure she was okay. And then Wynn was the one that found the body up in the bedroom. And guess what? It's the same bedroom that Martha sleeps in now. Ooh, spooky. And then they found Dennis's car in the river the next day. And everyone in town kind of just assumes he died by suicide, but they never found Dennis's body. Just his car and his clothes. <laughs> I just think it's such a funny detail of like he was fucking raptured and like, it's a very specific Denai rapture. <laughs> God took all of his beautiful Denai to-, to heaven. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. You know, God gives his toughest burdens to the strongest uh, Denis. God God gives Denai and God taketh Denai away. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> and where there was only one set of tire tracks next to the that's river. That's where Dennis carried you. That's where Dennis <laughs> carried you to heaven <laughs> to join the other Denai. <laughs> In the great angelic choir. <laughs> da- Dennis. Have <laughs> fun editing that together. <laughs> so that night, Connor and Martha discuss what they have learned. Connor has actually, he cut class to go do research about the murders at the newspaper office because this took place in the 80s. <laughs> um, their discussion about these events ends in an argument because Martha is a brat. But then the phone rings and Martha's like, I'm expecting a phone call from Blake. I'll answer the phone. Uh, but the person on the other side, the other end of the line says, you're dead, Elizabeth. Trick or treat. Martha gets freaked Smell out. My feet. <laughs> give me something good to eat <laughs> the den i are very hungry in heaven <laughs> i'll murder you <laughs> i'll murder you and everyone you love 
At this point, it should be mentioned that uh, Martha does bear some resemblances to Elizabeth and the fact that they are both short, blonde girls. That's it. That's it. But some people in town really, really want Martha to know that that resemblance is strong. They really want to bring that home. (laughs) Twins, practically. Twins. Yep, same. Same person. Then Martha does get a phone call from the real Blake, bless, who invites her out to pizza with him and his cousins, Wynn and Greg. Greg, the teacher, who you definitely want to hang out with after hours. He has no other friends or work to do. (laughs) (laughs) It is not specified how much older Greg is, but he's definitely giving like 28, 29 I peaked in high school. <laughs> I believe she says that he looks around 26 to 28. Mm. So let's put him at 28. Let's put him at 28 because that's funnier. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she goes out with them. They pick her up, enjoy a nice evening out. She and Blake do some flirting. And then when Martha gets home, she has forgotten her key like a fucking idiot and cannot get inside her own home. Connor does not answer the door when she knocks, even though his bedroom light is on. So Martha goes around the house, seeing if any of the other doors or windows are unlocked. And when she gets to the side of the house where her bedroom window overlooks, she sees a ghostly figure in her bedroom that seems to be watching her. Again, what was the, how did this, okay. I'm trying to think if, if a house is dark Uh and the outside is dark, Uh can you see a person in a dark room when you're outside Mm. in the dark? They'd have to be glowing. <laughs> They'd have to be glowing. I would don't think. have cell it's phones. Like, it's I was, up, I was going to say maybe. She's up on the second yeah. floor. I was going to say, like, maybe it was the light of, like, a, you know, something in, in the, the room. Woods. But, right. So, no, I don't think so. Someone write in. Someone go find a creepy house in the woods. Mm-hmm. Go there at night and tell us if you can see inside the window of and or like bring a friend and have them stand inside the creepy house i don't know or just wait for a ghost to show up or wait for a ghost to show up and if something bad happens to you we didn't tell you to do this (laughs) you have to sign a waiver before you go (laughs) to absolve us us of guilt yeah (laughs) anyway so martha bangs on the front door real loud and connor eventually lets her in And he's like, okay, clearly you are feeling really bad about your bedroom, so let's just switch rooms. Uh, Which Martha takes him up on. Like, they they are like, okay, we're going to switch bedrooms. But then it takes, like, almost the entire book for them to actually do that. They just basically switch beds. Which, again, was, like, another thing. I was like, she's like, I'm sleeping in his bed and it smells like him. I'm like, fuck, stop it, Martha. Fucking stop. Stop this. You You know what you're doing. It's wrong. Richie. I'm not even addressing Martha anymore. Richie, Richie, knock it off. Richie, please. We don't need these. uh, (laughs) We don't need these vibes. Next day at school, Martha and Wynn are having some girl talk. Uh, The topic somehow turns to Dennis and Elizabeth. And Wynn is like... Dennis loved Elizabeth and would never kill her. He only wanted her back. He would never have done all of the things that people were saying. And in fact, like Elizabeth and I would just joke about it because it didn't seem that serious at the time. Now I regret laughing about it. 
Um, and she also reveals that, well, when Elizabeth and Dennis broke up, it was because Elizabeth wanted to date Blake, my cousin, Blake Chambers, one of the only other characters in this book, the one that you're interested in romantically. You were, so, you were so like Elizabeth, uh, by the like way, her. Martha. And Martha's like, fuck, the only reason Blake is with me is because I look like his dead girlfriend. <laughs> so the next day, <laughs> so this book is everything. Only one event can happen on a day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the that's rule of writing. The rule of writing. Yeah. The next day. Blake asked Martha to skip school with him. He has to buy decorations for the big Halloween dance. It's a big tradition in Bedford. They have a big Halloween dance on Halloween. They get the next day off school so everyone can get rowdy and stay out late. Uh, and you have to go in a costume. You can't You can't reveal who you are until it is midnight or whatever. IDK. But she agrees reluctantly. She's like, I don't really want to spend time with Blake because he thinks I'm Elizabeth. But he is pretty cute. So she does go with him. He takes her to the next town over. This is so fucking weird. Okay. They can't buy <laughs> Halloween decorations in Bedford. Why? I don't know. He takes her to the next. There's not a spirit Halloween. Yeah. There's no spirit Halloween here. <laughs> That's in the next <laughs> town over in the old Kmart building. He takes her to the next town over. And he pulls up to some random farmhouse. And Martha's like, should we be here? And he's like, it's okay. The people who own this place are in town for the day. What? what? You're just fucking trespassing on these people's property? Like, it's fine. Let's just go in their house and shit in their beds and eat all their food. They're in town for the day, Martha. Don't fucking worry about it. Like, what? Like, all right, Goldilocks. I'm like, exactly. Uh, They go up into the barn. They have a bit of kissing in the hay. And as they're kissing, she's like, why didn't you tell me I remind you of Elizabeth? And he's like, whoa, what? That's weird. You don't look anything like her. I like Martha for Martha. He's like, at first, like the resemblance kind of startled me when we first met. But then I immediately knew you were a different person from the other person who was blonde and short. Like, yeah, because the first time they met, it was he says it's when she was turned around, like, yeah, he didn't see her face. Yeah. Blondie. She's like, all right, fine. And they kiss some more. He goes to see Wicked and Kristen Chenoweth's up there and he's like, like Elizabeth? Elizabeth? Oh, oh no. no, Elizabeth couldn't sing. <laughs> <laughs> On the way back, they pass a cemetery where Elizabeth is buried. Uh, and uh, Blake is like, yeah, there's a marker there for Dennis, too. And then he's like, though, I don't think Dennis is really dead. And then they kind of just drop that. They leave it there. And that's in the next chapter. <laughs> Blake drops Martha off at home. Connor has not made it back from school yet. Um, Martha starts to get creeped out by being home alone. She turns on the music. She turns on all the lights. And then she falls asleep, as one does when they're terrified out of their mind. (laughs) Uh, But when she wakes up, she notices the lights are off. She definitely left those on when she fell asleep. She then notices there's a presence standing in her closet just watching her. Then the figure disappears. But the phone rings and Martha's like, maybe it's Connor. I'll answer it. Even though every other time I've answered the phone in this house, it's been a really it's fucking creepy phone it's call. It's no good. It's no good. We should just get an answering machine. But she picks up the phone and the voice on the other end says, you're mine, Elizabeth. Trick or treat. Now, without spoiling the ending, mm-hmm. we know that the figure in the closet was the same as the person on the phone. Yes. What phone are they using? What phone? Cell There's phones n- don't exist. We've I been think over this. they exist, but like. 
it would be impractical. <laughs> like it would be like you would carry a battery on your back. Right. Like there's no way. There's no way. There's no way there's that no way. a small town girl has a cell phone in 1989. You had to get to a landline for sure. For sure. But what landline? What landline? And if it's Does the mausoleum, have a separate landline. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the phone number for the mausoleum is 666. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, like the, if the call did indeed come from inside the house, why do they have so many phone lines in this old like 18, 1700s house? Yeah, doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. There's there's no lights. How is there phones? Anyway, or or again, they just ran so far so, so fast, fast so quickly gotta go or, fast to get my haunts in or they built a very convoluted pulley system absolutely and it was actually a scarecrow that was another scarecrow yes. in the closet yes and they just gave it a yank she rube goldberg the fuck out of this uh-huh. yep yep <laughs> once i close her closet door it will send a little ball rolling on this track <laughs> and it eventually will hit a button on this recording that i've made and the phone will ring here it's just it the timeline the timing of this one doesn't make sense but it does not make sense <sighs> Connor. Unless there are multiple people involved or paranormal activity, or but paranormal there's activity, not. But there's, so yeah. mm-hmm. I thought, well, I'll, I'll get to that when we reveal who did it, mm-hmm. because I know our audience is on the edge of their seat wondering. Who. I'm pretty sure our audience has narrowed it down quite a bit through pronoun there's, usage. There but... is uh, three other characters. It could be. <laughs> Which one is it? We said it's not Connor. It could be one of the other three. Right. Connor comes home. They go to bed. Uh, without like, I don't know. They don't really talk. They just go to bed. And Elizabeth notices again, her closet door is moving in the night and there's a figure standing in her closet. It's Connor this time who has discovered <laughs> that there's a secret passage from Elizabeth's closet to the pantry. Martha's like, I am so fucking pissed at you, Connor. And she's shrieking at him and hitting him because she thinks Connor is the one to blame for everything weird going on the on and around the house. She's like, you and my dad have set this up to scare me for fun. Connor's like, what is fun about this? Why would you assume your dad would do this? Why did you assume your dad would move you across the country and then fuck off to the other side of the globe. But before he left was like, hey, Connor, let's scare the shit out of Martha. Welcome to the family. Your relationship with your father is very bad, but it's you know that's probably going to be good for dear old Connor. So. <laughs> Connor is pleased. Connor's like, oh yes, I can see how uh, we can play the let's piss off dad angle here. <laughs> you know what will really piss them off? <laughs> Martha calms down and the two eventually talk about all the weird stuff that's been happening. And Connor reveals that he also feels like there's something supernatural happening in the house he's like i also got super bad vibes from your room the first time i came in and martha's like well then why did you give me this bedroom if you knew it was evil and connor's like i don't know i didn't think you'd be able to tell <laughs> okay Would you connor. Get, makes it set up like connor is some sort of psychic or something yeah and that there is something paranormal he, going on here but it's he's like, no. sensitive to the ghosts he's just being a giant weirdo it's fine yeah but a handsome one a handsome one with broad shoulders <laughs> Back at school the next day, Martha's advisor, Greg Chambers, of the Chambers Three, has a talk with Martha about her failing grades. Normally, she's a good student, so this is strange behavior, but Martha's like, Greg, my house is so scary. (laughs) I can't possibly do my homework, Greg. My house is 
is giving me a fear. It's like weird stuff too, where she's like, I read the wrong book and did my book report on the wrong book. And like, I just decided to, I just decided to study the wrong material and failed these tests. And I'm like, well, presumably some of the curriculum is the same as what you had learned before. I don't know. I also feel like if I was a hip, cool 28 year old teacher whose cousins were in my yeah, class. Sat backwards and, in the chair and rolled up his <laughs> shirt sleeves. And a girl who I have weird possible chemistry with, which let's yeah. not get into that. No. Um, but if she came to me and was like, I read the wrong book, teacher Greg, I would be like, oh, yeah, I can clearly I'll see. I'll grade this you, one. I'll grade this according yeah. to the book that you read because there's no reason to not do that. It's not like yeah. the actual content of the book is what matters. And if it you know? was, they would be discussing it in class. Right. Like I, too, had English courses in in high school and you don't just read a book and then write a paper it's like you go over it in class extensively <laughs> like, yeah well and i mean i think it was for a creative writing class too which uh, maybe. even more so but even more so than it would be like yeah then who it's creative be, right or <laughs> or just you know like it, it truly doesn't matter what the book is it matters what you're taking from the book exactly right? so it's exactly. like i don't seems know it's like you could be a little bit more uh lenient with this this student teacher greg mm-hmm. he greg is like your home is like over a century old there's a lot of secret rooms and tunnels basically you're blowing everything out of proportion and martha is just like oh he also is like martha has Wynne told you anything more about the night she discovered elizabeth's body and Martha's like, no, all she ever talks about is something called the long dark. Like she sees Elizabeth's body and then all she remembers is a long dark. And they're like, what does it mean? What does it mean? What does it mean? Mm. Nobody knows. Nobody knows what the long dark is until the end. Um, After this convo with Greg, Wynn and Martha talk. They have this weird discussion about, so Wynn is like, oh, I'm so happy you're going to the Halloween dance with uh, Blake, though I don't know why you'd want to, LOL, because they're cousins. And Martha's like, uh, oh, let me find the quote, because it's really fucking weird the way she says it. Like, you know you're horny for your cousin, like, sort of situation. <laughs> um, oh, I can't find it. Ooh, I found the quote where Greg said, Martha, my newest and prettiest student. <laughs> Fuck off, Greg. Oh, here it is. She goes, it's hard. This is when it's hard when the boys in your family are more popular than you are. And uh, Martha says, "You, but you must see something in Blake. And Wynn's like. I'm, she has the correct response. What's all the fuss about? Like, sure, he is handsome, athletic, or charming, and he's nice, except to me. Like, you know, she's, like, kind of shitting on him without shitting on him. And Martha goes, come on, you're crazy about him, and you know it. <laughs> Martha, Martha, this isn't how siblings talk, or, like, Martha's relations. really, really trying to test the waters of how chill her friend is with incest. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's really, quote. like, trying to suss out, like, can I tell you how I feel about Connor? <laughs> Yeah, because, like, she's also kind of trying to get Wynn set up with Connor because Wynn has yeah. been like, oh, Connor's cute. And she's been like, let me introduce you. And Wynn's like, no, 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 I'm no. I'm too nervous to talk to him because I'm tall. So, I, so I'm pretty sure what's happening here is Martha is trying to get 
everybody coupled up so they can do like a swinger sort of thing and actually fuck their relatives without people knowing that's what's going on. Oh my god, yes. Like she wants Wynn to date Connor and her to date Blake so then they can play swapsies. Tradesy swapsies. <laughs> yeah, she's gonna go around putting pineapples on all their lockers so that everyone mm-hmm. knows like, hey, if you kind of want to do something with one of your relatives but don't want anyone else to know, join us. A wink. <laughs> wink. Wink. Uh, On a scale of one to ten, how fuckable would you say your brother is? (laughs) 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 So the Wynn and Martha are talking, and Wynn is like, "Hey, can I come to the house sometime to study with you?" And Martha's like, "Oh my god, Wynn is getting over her fears of my house. Yes, of course you can come over sometime." But as for now, the two decide to go out for hot chocolate. Uh, Connor is like, "I'll just pick you up here at the school at five. Don't be late." Um, and then they go to this little coffee shop and Martha tells Wynn that she knows about Wynn finding Elizabeth. Uh, she's kind of like, Hey, I was told not to ask you about this really traumatic thing that happened to you where you found your best friend's dead body, uh, who had been brutally murdered. But I just want you to know, I questioned your cousin about it. I feel, I just feel like you should know that I know. (laughs) Then this leads into a whole discussion where Wynn is like, I don't, I don't believe Dennis killed Elizabeth. And Martha's like, well, what do you remember? And again, Wynn is on this. All he remembers is the dark, the dark, the dark. But Wynn also does reveal more about the rivalry between Blake and Dennis, uh, where she's like, you know, they were both handsome. They were both basketball stars. They both loved to win. They just, like, never really got along because there was too much that they were competing for. Uh, and she also says that she thinks Dennis died by suicide, but because – not because he committed the murder, but because he couldn't live without Elizabeth once he learned she was dead. So he was. this is just really like Dennis was a good guy, according to Wynn, who people would think would know Dennis better than most people because she's Elizabeth's best friend. Right. Okay. Another weird thing about this book, uh-huh. I'm just realizing, I don't think Martha at any point has a theory as to what is going on not until the end (laughs) and it's the wrong one (laughs) she's never like right like but she's never kind of suspicious of connor or blake like in her head it's just kind of like like, weird the ghosts so weird like but she doesn't even i don't think she even is like i think that elizabeth's ghost is haunting it she's just kind of like oh a spooky thing like martha is entirely empty less yeah. Empty reader self insert sort of like. Right. No thoughts. <laughs> no thoughts. Only stepbrother kissing. Only stepbrother. No thoughts. Only Connor. <laughs> uh, Wynn and Martha head back to school to wait for Connor, but Wynn has to leave early to go to a babysitting gig. And Martha's like, no, that's fine. I'll just, I'll just go inside the school because it's starting to rain. I'll just go inside the school. I need to pick up a book anyway. It'll be fine. Uh, she goes in, she, the, the school has a ton of like extracurricular activities as most high schools do. So she's like, someone will surely be here. But when she gets inside, the school is totally empty and creepy. And then suddenly all the lights go out and Martha senses there's another person in the school with her who then starts chasing her. Uh, Martha falls down some stairs, breaks her arm a little bit, but she makes it outside and Connor is there waiting for her. And there's like no sign of another person. Weird. They go to the hospital. They treat Martha's arm. And for some reason, Blake and Greg are there and they're like, the the hospital staff told us you were here, Martha. What happened? I'm like, that seems Why like a violation. Yeah, really. First of all, like, who are you guys to her? You've known her three days. <laughs> <laughs> they're both desperately in love with her. They're both so desperately in love with the newest and sexiest student at school. 
um martha no last name <laughs> uh martha, Greg, famous writer yeah martha future pulitzer prize <laughs> winner Greg says, oh, there was like a power failure this evening. So all the lights were off all over town for a while. That's probably what happened at school. And internally, Martha's like, okay, but then who was chasing me and why? But doesn't voice that aloud. And then Greg pulls Connor and we have a weird POV change, which is the only time this happens in the book, where Greg pulls Connor to the side and was like, hey, you need to look out for Martha. I think she needs some professional help. She's not adjusting to the move very well. Uh, And Connor's like, Martha's fine because I love her in a way I shouldn't. Which, again, this is obviously trying to set up Greg as a possible, like, yes. murderer. Yeah, like, he's like, you need to shut up your this. cousin. Yeah. Yeah. Again, there's only three other characters in this book, so. And they all get the same treatment of maybe they're the one who did maybe it. Maybe they did, maybe they didn't. Mm-hmm. But I would like to say that I accurately predicted you were correct. who it was. Yes, I was not correct. I predicted the other person. <laughs> if that makes sense. No. Okay, good. Uh, the next day, Wynne visits their home. She just shows up. Connor and Martha start to question her. They p- kind of interrogate her about what she remembers of the night of Elizabeth's murder. Under this guise, Connor's like, we're going to help you remember. Because Wynne feels guilty that she doesn't. And she feels like, in order to help Dennis, I need to remember what happened the night that Elizabeth died. Um, so they, they go into this interrogation. Wynne tells them that Dennis knew about the secret passages in the home. Because Elizabeth showed them to him uh especially the one to get to her bedroom blake also knew about the secret passages from the same source elizabeth liked sex i guess (laughs) she told all the boys in town no she didn't uh she just told her two boyfriends uh when details what happened in the halloween dance last year elizabeth and blake went together because they were dating at the time dennis showed up elizabeth left the party with dennis so they could talk about their relationship but really they just went back to her empty house to fuck Wynn feels guilty because she knew Elizabeth and Dennis were going off together and was asked to keep this a secret. Elizabeth's like, don't tell anyone because Blake's going to get mad if he knows because I'm going off to cheat on him with my ex. <laughs> like, don't worry about it. And Wynn's like, okay, I'll keep it secret because we're best friends. But then an hour passes and Wynn starts to get worried. I'm like, it's only an hour. It probably took them like 15 minutes to drive up to that spooky house at the very least. It's fine. But she starts to panic. An hour I mean, into she this. She could have called her on one of the many landlines. She could have tried. Uh, yeah, maybe she didn't try all of them. <laughs> she didn't try 666 for the mausoleum. <laughs> uh, she tells Blake and Greg about Elizabeth and Dennis. They went to, They all go to her house. Greg, I don't know why they're so sure something is wrong, but Greg breaks one of the windows of the house to get in. And they're like, Win, don't go in there. But she runs upstairs and she discovers Elizabeth's dead body. Uh, but can't remember what happened after that. And then she's just like, it's all the long dark. I don't know. They And the, again, they press her so hard. She's like sobbing. She's like, I don't know anything. It's just darkness. Okay, leave it alone, guys. You're She's already in a place that's traumatizing to her. Like, why, why are you guys doing this to her? <laughs> they the, have to solve the mystery. They have to get to the bottom of this. Uh, the next day is the annual Halloween dance. Martha's going with Blake. Connor is sick, so he cannot attend. Uh, but during the dance, Wynn approaches Martha, and she's like, I saw Dennis. She's all freaking out about it. She's like, he's watching me. I don't know what to do. Martha's like, go wait in the girls' bathroom, because there's no way a guy would go in there. You'll be safe. And I'm going to go track down Blake and Greg. 
Uh, the problem again, as we have said, like everyone is all dressed up at the Halloween dance. So she's like just yelling into a cry like, Blake, Greg, where are you? <laughs> I cannot figure out what the fuck was going on costuming wise here. Yes. Because one of them is Greg is dressed as death. Greg's an and- executioner. Oh, yes. Greg's yes. an executioner. Uh, Blake is dressed as death. Yes. Right? And Wynn and is then- a witch, I think. When is a witch, but mm-hmm. then Martha is dressed as a Romani, which mm-hmm. that's shitty, but um, they also, yeah. you know, don't use the word Romani. Um, yeah. But like, they're supposed to be dressed in a way that like they can't tell who everyone else is. And at one point, um, when even is like, oh, I almost didn't recognize you or like, I just barely recognized you or something like that. What was she wearing? Yeah, what was Martha wearing to make her unrecognizable? Like a wig at most would make Heavy makeup, maybe? Heavy makeup, maybe? I don't know. But I was just like so hung up on that the whole time. How could you not know it was her? The book is like, we were completely disguised. They're so disguised. There's no way to tell it was her. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. Also, I've seen costumes from the 80s. They're not that good. Yeah. No one was out here with SFX makeup, you know? No, and especially because she just moved to town a week ago. Like, she was not prepared for this. And there's not a spirit Halloween. There's not a spirit Halloween. She had to go the next town over just to get decorations. Um... And there's an announcement at the at I was gonna say at the ball at the at the dance that Martha has a phone call in the locker rooms. <laughs> Someone called the locker room phone for you, and everyone's like, "Ooh, Martha's got a phone call." She goes to answer it. The voice says, "There's no one home, Elizabeth. It's Halloween, and they're all dead." So she starts panicking because Connor is alone at home. So she, she that's her turn to freak out. She runs into Blake, who she convinces to take her home. Blake has also found Win at this point, who tells Blake that she saw Dennis. So everyone is just, like, in a panic. Blake's like, all right, let's get Greg, possibly the only chaperone to this dance. I have to take I have to take the one adult here away from the party. Everyone get in the car. We're driving to Martha's house. Uh, and on the way there, Martha's like, I think it's Dennis. Dennis is the one who's been calling me and trying to scare me. He wants to kill me because I look like Elizabeth. And everyone except Wynn is like, no, you don't. <laughs> uh, but Blake. Greg, Wynn, and Martha all head back to Martha's house. Martha runs into the house by herself. She's so panicked. She's like, Connor, Connor, where are you? He's still alive. Uh, He's very sickly. And they're not alone. Something seems to step out of the wall and jumps at Martha and Connor with a knife. And they flee into a secret passageway. I guess the one that this person came out of. They go into that secret passageway and run along it. Connor has been severely injured. Not to mention he's still sick. So he got swiped with the knife, I guess. He's bleeding. Um, these two follow. Knife swipe. Yeah. Yeah. You know, as it happens when you're being haunted, you get a little, mm-hmm. little, little stabby stab. The two follow the secret passageway through all the way to the cellar. Uh, but I guess like the scary person has taken another route there. They, they appear and then they start a fire and they leave Martha and Connor to die here in this basement. Um, and at this point, she thinks it's Blake, right? Yes. She's like... Because I think Blake. the person is dressed up as death. Yes. And she's like... Because symbolism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's like, Blake thinks I'm Elizabeth and that... Um, and that you're Connor Dennis. Connor is Dennis. And it's like, well, you're almost there. Yeah. 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 It's... <laughs> it's a lot. 
<laughs> like if, if if you're admitting like someone thinks we're lovers connor isn't that weird <laughs> so weird so I weird mean, what if we no no we shouldn't, we shouldn't. but wouldn't it be we like should, but maybe we could prove them right yeah like what a silly goof <laughs> that's so weird and not it's us right so funny and not oh something God. i want to do <laughs> uh it's okay they don't die in the fire because they find another secret passage that leads outside to the mausoleum in the cemetery on their property and in it they find dennis's dead body which is super gross the book was really vague at this point and i'm wondering if it's just like gotta keep it ya folks where they come out of the mausoleum and connor's like oh don't look martha and he like pushes her away from the site martha doesn't describe anything connor just says i think we found dennis's body and then mm. there's no more description of it so it was like a little bit confusing but i don't know if it was like just the decaying corpse if it was a skeleton surely not at that point like a full skeleton but i don't know man i don't know what this i don't want to know what they were getting up to sure it was naked it was (laughs) naked his clothes they found (laughs) the dentist was not raptured very far (laughs) uh the scary person shows up in the mausoleum the scary person shows up in the mausoleum they're everywhere they're fucking everywhere and they stab connor real good slice him right in the arm Elizabeth, no, sorry. Martha thinks that Connor's. See, even you think they're Even the same. I think, oh my God, they look so similar. That's Martha's so like, Connor's dead. And uh, they're just about, the person's just about to stab Martha, but then Blake shows up and tackles the scary person who was revealed to be. <gasps> Win. It's Win. Win. It was Win. So who did you think it was? I thought it was Blake the whole time. Okay. Yeah, I did. Um, but no, it was Win. Wynn tells the sad story about how she was in love with Dennis and she followed Elizabeth and Dennis to Elizabeth's house that night and witnessed them doing the nasty. And when Dennis was on his own, she bonked him on the head real good. She just didn't want him in the way while she had to do what she came there to do, which was stab Elizabeth multiple times in her bedroom. Then she goes back to Dennis at that point, but he is dead from the head bonk. Sad. Whoops. She then orchestrates the whole car in the river thing. Um, And the reason she has been harassing Martha is because she thinks Martha and Elizabeth look so alike. And it's kind of implied that she's no longer in touch with reality. Yeah, she's Um, had a little bit of a break. Yeah, in both her murder, like the reason that she was like the long dark, the long dark is like she was having a breakdown basically yeah and then the same sort of thing is happening here so with, martha's like, like it must be the secret passageways because they're long and dark yeah i mean um, i think it is maybe. there's that but i think that also like <laughs> tunnel like, vision think, perhaps <laughs> yeah. yeah um like <laughs> i just really liked that it was win because mm-hmm. personally as a woman who is six feet tall yeah. i really enjoy the mode of being i'm so tall i'm no so one tall no me. one will and love so me I did even murders. even the population of denai cannot appreciate me <laughs> tall girl it's just because dennis didn't bring his milk crate to kiss her yep, is that's what the problem <laughs> should have brought a milk crate should have brought a milk crate uh, and then when Wynn realizes that she's probably going to have to go to jail, she tries to attack Martha again, but then the cops show up and pull her away. And, and at some point, Greg, like, talks her down and is yeah. like, calm down, sweetheart, in a way that I was like, please He's, like, talking stop. to livestock. <laughs> please stop with these vibes. I can't yeah. anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
and then and then the book ends with Blake saying, does Connor know how lucky he is? He said this before earlier, and she's like, why is Connor lucky? And he's like, because he gets to live with you. But he repeats this question here. Does Connor know how lucky he is? And Martha thinks of Connor, and she sees herself beside Connor's bed, hospital bed, because he's, you know, uh, healing from his knife wounds. wounds. And Blake is there, and and a look would creep across Connor's face. And she wouldn't even mind. And then she says, I'm the lucky one. Mm. <laughs> and, she, and she meant it. What did, what did Martha mean, Richie? What did, what did Martha mean? What did she mean? What did she mean when she said she's the lucky one? <laughs> Lord. So, yeah, in the sequel, they probably fuck. They probably. Mm-hmm. But we'll never know because it was never written. It was never written, and I wouldn't have read it if it was. Um, what do we want out of a YA for real, real creeps? More creeps, okay. Yeah. Like actual um, scary. I would like a main character who's not insufferable, personally. Yes, and more recent because I do think that the horror stuff that's coming out now is probably better. yes. <laughs> I would hope. Yeah. I hope we've learned from our mistakes. I hope we've learned from our mistakes. Yeah, yeah. I don't, you, you know, uh, like I said, I'm, I'm not really expecting there to be any, like, life-changing or traumatizing mm. sort of levels of horror. But, you know, Some, something, something would be nice. Something where I'm not just rolling my eyes the whole time would be good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, awesome. We'll be back with uh, to finish up this unit in a few weeks. But first, uh, we got to return to the forest <gasps> with Warrior Cats <gasps> Meow Meow Monday. Uh, book, the first book of the third series, The Power of Three, which begins with Warriors the Sight by Aaron Hunter. Mm. And then the week after that, we're going to be starting a new submitted unit from uh, listener Charlie who suggested we read mafia or mob romances. So we're going to be mm-hmm. kicking that off with The Kiss Thief by L.J. Shen. Cannot wait. Very excited for that one. Well, uh, nice to do to get back to our romance roots. Yes. <laughs> Can't wait to exercise my Kindle Unlimited subscription for once. I have not found anything good to read on there in a while, so I'm sure that will continue. Um, In the meantime, if you have any books or units you would like for us to cover on the podcast, you can either tweet at us at ShelfAwareCast or email us ShelfAwareCast at gmail.com. As always, thank you to Ben Cope for the use of our theme song. You can check out his YouTube channel in our show notes below. We are also on all of your favorite podcast aggregating platforms, so if you haven't followed or subscribed to us on one of those, you definitely should, because if you don't, the tiger tiger stars coming for you we told him we told him that you didn't want to listen to us uh talk about the next series of warrior books and he was not having it escaped cat hell he escaped cat hell to come get you imagine a small feral cat coming for you terrifying (laughs) if you use apple Podcasts or spotify we'd very much appreciate a five-star review but if you don't that's all right because you're allowed to talk about us anywhere on the internet you like in the words of Richie Tankersley Cusick, in the depths of her dream, she screamed, screamed, and suddenly it was real. Suddenly someone was holding her, and she was safe at last in a pair of strong, steady arms. Martha, it's only a dream. 
you're okay. And Connor was there. Connor! And and the light spilling in from the hall was safe and real. I'm dead, Martha whispered, and she began to cry, and Connor held her tighter and rocked her. They're so horny for each other. They're so horny for each other in a way that, like, teenagers... Like this is this is even surpassing teenage hormones. This is too much. This is it's too upsetting. much. <laughs> you start and I'll you start. Okay. Sounds yeah. good. And I, I've got a plan. Okay. <laughs> I will Come trust you. Come with me on this journey. <laughs>